Kia ora, good morning everybody. My name's Craig and it's a pleasure to welcome you here on this Good Friday. Uh, today I'm going to tell you what's going to happen throughout the service so that uh, you get a feel for uh, what you're in for. Um, I want to start with the end at the beginning. At the end of the service, you're welcome to join us in the cafe. We've got uh, tea and coffee and hot cross buns, so come and enjoy those together. Uh, what we're doing this morning is we're reminding ourselves of Good Friday. Of course, we know the story at the end of the weekend talks about resurrection, but today we're looking at how it is that Christ came and gave his life for us. And so we start with a song by a woman who's playing a character uh, of Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, of course, we know she washed Jesus' feet with her own tears and wiped his feet with her hair after anointing him with oil. And her life was significantly changed, and we find her in the Gospels. And uh, this song reflects her own feelings of what it would have been to have met Jesus in the way that she did, and then to be in this place of wonder. And then we see the story roll out from there. So let me pray as we commit our time to the Lord. Father, we thank you that we have this day of Good Friday to remember the price you paid for our sin when you took it upon your own body and was nailed to a cross. And Lord, we thank you for your goodness that has given this free gift to us this death that has been transferred to us as if we paid the price with our own death, but you took our place. And so, Father, we commit this morning to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Always been so cool. 
just couldn't go. It was a cold and quiet night. Only leaves were rustling in the garden. The wind was picking up, blowing the clouds across the moon shrouding the garden in darkness. Stay up with me, Jesus asked his friends. But they were so tired, and soon they fell asleep. Jesus walked off ahead, alone, into the garden. He needed to talk to his heavenly father. He knew it was time. They had planned this long ago. Papa, Father, Jesus cried as he fell to the ground. Is there any other way? Is there any other way to get your children back? But he knew, he knew there was no other way. Or the poison of sin, or the sickness, or the darkness, or the sadness and brokenness was going to have to go into his own heart. And that, that would crush him and break his heart in two. Father, is this really what you want? And violent sobs shook his body. And then, and then he was quiet. Quiet like a lamb. Father, Papa, I trust you. And whatever you say, I will do. And he went back to his friends. It is time, he said gently. When he woke them up. And suddenly, 
through the trees, a glitter of starlight flashed off steel. And into the quiet garden came muffled voices and whispers, clanking of steel and the sound of boots marching. Burning torches and lanterns, clubs and swords and armor, and an army of soldiers came. And Jesus, Jesus was waiting. Peter, Peter jumped up and he took a sword. And Jesus said, no, Peter, it's not the way. And Jesus' friends, they were so scared. They were so afraid. And they ran and hid in the dark shadows. And Jesus, Jesus was alone. And they took him. Jesus, who had never done anything wrong, was led away like a criminal. Are you the son of God? The religious leaders asked him. I am, Jesus said. So you're the king of the Jews, the soldiers jeered. And they put a crown of thorns upon his head and a purple robe on his body. And they whipped him. And they beat him. And they spat on him. And Jesus bled. And then, and then they took him to a hill outside of the city with a cross upon his back. And when he got to the top, they nailed him to it. <laughs> Papa, Father, forgive them, he cried. They don't understand what they're doing. They didn't understand. But if you're the king, if you are God's son, take yourself down off this cross. And they were right. He could have. He could have said one word and it all would have been over. Just like when he healed that little girl, or he stilled the storm, or when he fed the 5,000. But he didn't. He stayed. They didn't understand that it wasn't the nails that held Jesus there. It was love. Papa, Father, Jesus cried, searching frantically in the sky. Where are you? Don't leave me. 
And for the first time, for the first time, there was nothing. Silence. The son could not hear the father. And a terrible darkness covered the earth. And the earth trembled and quaked, and the mountains shook, and the rocks split in two, until it seemed that the whole world would break. And then Jesus shouted in a loud voice, It is finished. And with a sigh, I said, Father, I give you my life. And he let himself die. When they laid here 
When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you like what you see? Do you hate it? Often for many of us, reflection is incredibly uncomfortable. If you've ever had a photo or a video or recording taken of yourself and you listen back to it later, all you can think is, do I really look like that? Do I really sound like that? It is a difficult process to look upon oneself honestly. And so the truth is for many of us, we try to avoid it as best as we can. We, rather than taking the long time to look in the mirror, we like to move on with life trying to get through with the image that we have in our head rather than necessarily what might be coming out of here. And this is, this is part of the reason that today's story is so difficult for many of us. There's an element of reflection that is difficult and uncomfortable. And make no mistake, today's story is difficult and uncomfortable. A young Rabbi, a young teacher, upset the status quo and so was arrested without cause. He was betrayed by his friends. He was abandoned as they ran away. Others outright denied him for fear of what might come back on them. Then he was brutally, physically, mentally, and emotionally tortured by the authorities really for their own pleasure. And a mob, a frenzied mob that had only a week ago paraded him through the city as king and savior were now shouting, foaming at the mouth, crying for his death, his crucifixion, when really he had done Nothing wrong. And now see, it can be really easy for you and I to look back on the story and say, well, they were the Romans. That was a long time ago. They were a lot less civilized, a lot less enlightened than you and I. But I'm not actually sure we're so much better. There are more slaves today than in any other point in human history. 27 million. Right now, Nigeria, Sudan, and Somalia are preparing for one of the worst famines that they've seen in recent history. The irony is that most experts say that this famine could easily be avoided with proper distribution of resources and a government that was not corrupt. But as it stands, over 20 million people right now are at risk of starvation when something could be done about it. Just last week, 
chemical weapons were dropped in Syria. And over 500 people were injured. 84 died. 27 of them children. Through sarin and chlorine gas. And lest we think that it's the rest of the world and we're doing okay, we should do well to look in the mirror and remember that here in New Zealand, in our fair go society, one in four children will grow up in some level of poverty here in our home. The Bible has a word to describe this and it's called sin. It is the sickness that corrupts God's good creation and turns it upon itself. It's the self-consuming disease that creates us into selfish, spiteful, and violent beings. And what's so confronting is that in this story, in the crucifixion, we see our sin played out on the grandest of scales, shown to us in a way that none of us can look away from. See, Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, but we'll betray one another for a sense of satisfaction or justice. Peter denied Jesus for fear of losing his life to the frenzied mob. We will deny and turn our backs on one another for fear of social embarrassment. The frenzied mob cried for Jesus's death, but we do the same, but We do it on message boards behind computers now. When we look at the story of this crucifixion, as we look at the story of Good Friday, we look in the mirror and we are confronted with something that is very difficult to see. Our sin was complicit in that. Our brokenness made that happen to one who had done nothing wrong. Sin lifted him up, spat on him, beat him and abused him. When we look in that mirror, it's a difficult image because we see ourselves marred, chained by sin. And that's confronting. But today is called Good Friday, not because of what it reveals about us, but we call it Good Friday because of what it reveals about God. One of the most common questions any one of us will ever ask is, if there is a God, why does he allow so much pain and suffering to happen in the world? If God was really all powerful, if God was really is all that he says he is, surely he would run in and fix it immediately. If God was really as powerful as he said he was, surely he would take himself off of the tree. Fix everything right now, immediately. It's the same thing that the soldiers jeered 2000 years ago. It's the same thing you and I want to know. Because we assume God will be like us, that he will rush in and fix things through power and might, which is the same way you and I want to fix things. But God is not that kind of God. God does not force or coerce us, but he draws us 
with love. He does not stare at us in our brokenness and say, you are condemned. You are broken. And thus I will leave you in your brokenness. No. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, you and I, Christ died for us in his body. He put sin on example for all of us to see, but through his death, he offers us a way out. He offers us freedom from that sin, from that brokenness, which plagues us. And he offers the hope of a new world. That is a good and loving God. One who does not abandon us in our brokenness, but who walks into it in the very midst of it, who bears the very worst of what we have to offer, but still looks at us and says, I love you. I choose you to be my sons and to be my daughters. See the cross reveals who God is. And even though we are so broken, it reveals how loved we are by him. That is why today paradoxically is a good Friday. It is uncomfortable and it is difficult, but it is good because in it there is hope and there is redemption in a God who is so loving that he would come and be amongst us, bear the worst that we have, and then offer to lead us out of it into freedom. And so now we're going to move into a tradition that the church has been celebrating for the last 2,000 years. If I can ask the fit team to distribute uh, the elements. What we're going to do, if you're not familiar with church, if you're not familiar with what's happening, is we, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he, he gathered with his disciples. And though his disciples had really no idea what was to come, they had no way of knowing what was about to happen. Jesus led them through a meal. He took these very basic elements that they had, they had the bread and the cup. And he imbued them with a significance that we carry through to today. See, those disciples did not know what was going to happen that following night. He took the bread, the bread that they had eaten so many times, and he broke it. And he said to them, this is my body broken for you. This is my body that will bear the effects of sin and death so that you can be free from it. Whenever you go forward, eat this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup. And he poured it. And he said, this cup, this cup represents my blood that is spilt and shed for you. 
It represents a new covenant, a new way of being a new world that is coming to pass a world where sin will no longer hold sway over you a world where sickness will not last a world where brokenness will be done away with a world of healing, hope and love. My blood spilt for you opens up the way for this to happen. Whenever you go forward, drink this in remembrance of me. And so for 2000 years, we as the church have been celebrating this very simple meal together, proclaiming Christ's death. And though it is confronting and difficult for us, there is hope in it for we no longer need to strive to try and be perfect. We don't walk into church trying to put on a face so that God will accept us because we are good enough. Instead, we walk in saying we are broken. We are sick. We are sinners in need of a savior. And then we allow Christ's death to lead us into a new life. We're going to take a few moments. I encourage you to pause and to reflect. Holding these elements in your hand, reflect on what the words, what they might mean for you. Have you felt the effects of sin and brokenness in your life? Has sin ravaged through your family, your work, or your world, destroying relationships? And as much as you may have tried to stop it or avoid it, do you see it at work within you? Do you retaliate? Do you fight back? Do you attack when you don't want to? Do you feel held by the power of your own chains and addictions? Do you long for a new world in which sin, death, sickness, and brokenness are done away with a world where we are truly together, where we are loved and where there is hope. Take some moments now to reflect on what his death means for you. And when you are ready, please take the elements. Jesus of Nazareth. With unflinching gaze, we look at your cross. And we see the very worst of ourselves. We see the war that ravages our planet. We see sickness, we see famine. We see racism, we see hatred, we see bitterness and vindictiveness, we see pride and jealousy and selfishness. We see ourselves there. But thank you that you are not like us. Thank you that you are patient, loving, gentle and kind. Thank you that you do not run from pain and sickness as we do. Thank you that you do what we cannot, which is enter into the very worst of our brokenness 
and join us there. Bear the very worst that we have to throw at you and still look upon us with love. Endure the hatred and scorn of humanity in order to free us and return us to who you created us to be, your image, your sons, your daughters here on earth. On this very good day, Jesus, we thank you.